Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today we're asking the age-old question, do bugs have elbows? I've never thought about that before. Like, do they wear little blazers with elbow patches? Or do they shove each other out of the way with their bendy joints? (laughs) We'll find out when we peer into the microscope with the help of an insect expert on the trail of her own buggy elbow mystery. Right after this. Hey, listeners. One of our big goals at Tumble is to keep our podcast free and accessible to everyone. And our advertisers help us do that. But, you know, we know not everybody loves ads. So we got some great news. You can listen to Tumble ad-free for a donation of just $1 a month. And not only do you get ad-free episodes, but you also get access to the bonus interview episodes that we make for every show. So to listen to ad-free and help keep Tumble free for everyone, just go to patreon.com slash tumblepodcast and sign up at the $1 level or higher. Then follow instructions to put our exclusive ad-free feed into your normal podcast player. And voila! No ads, and you'll be supporting making more episodes of the show. And I'd also like to shout out to our new Patreon supporters, Amelia, Arlo, Stella, Ryan, Russell, John, and Porter Jans. Today's question comes from our listener, Claire. Do bugs have elbows? And I think that they might have elbows because they can move their legs and, like, their antennas. So I think they might have elbows. I mean, why couldn't bugs have elbows? Elbows are bendy. They are bendy. Bugs are bendy. Bugs are bendy. They have bendy parts. (laughs) Let's ask our listeners what they think. Do bugs have elbows? Why or why not? Think about it, and then we'll elbow our way to the answer with the help of an insect scientist. To answer Claire's question, I called up Jessica Ware at the American Museum of Natural History. I'm an entomologist, so I study insects, and there's lots of different kinds of insects. At the museum, Jessica studies a collection of over 18 million insect specimens from over 300,000 different species. So she should know if any of them have elbows. Exactly. So how would she answer Claire's question? Well, I would say to Claire, yes, if you think that the legs are arms. But if you think their legs are legs, then I would say they're knees. So I would say that insects have knees. Okay, so Jessica's first question is, do bugs have arms or do they have legs? And then once you've figured that out, you can decide if the joints are called elbows or knees. Right. She's on team bug legs and knees, (laughs) but she understands the argument from team bug arms and elbows. I could see why, Claire, why you might think of it more like an elbow, because if you look at a grasshopper, the way the leg is bent, depending on the angle that you're looking at it, it kind of looks a little bit like an arm would be bent in this direction. But it's just all in your perspective. It is a question of perspective, because whenever you see grasshoppers wearing jackets, (laughs) their legs go through the sleeves. So you don't put your knees through the sleeves, you put your arms, their elbows, done. Impermeable logic, yes. (laughs) But... Jessica has a little bit more knowledge to throw the game to team bug legs and knees because bug limbs actually do have a name for their parts, just like our legs. Since we call the femur the femur and the tibia the tibia, much like in our leg, it makes more sense maybe to call it a knee, I think, than to call it an elbow. 
Oh, wow. So bugs have like the same names for parts in their legs, just as we have in our legs. Yes. And the femur is the thigh bone and the tibia is the leg bone. Isn't there a song about that? Like yeah. the leg bones connected, connected to, to the, the leg bone. bone. The leg bones connected, connected to the to leg the, bone. Yeah. Because there's more than it one leg si- bone. No. <laughs> it's the thigh bones connected to the knee bone. <laughs> oh. Okay, so I guess the song proves that bugs do in fact have knees. And there's also the phrase, it's the bee's knees. So I guess we have a victory for team bug legs and knees. Well, don't feel bad. I know you are kind of like wanting it to go to the underdog arms and elbows. <laughs> Can't they have both? <laughs> But even though legs and knees got the name, there's still a lot to learn about these fascinating appendages. Jessica's been studying one type of insect leg in particular. So the groups that I mostly work on are dragonflies. Oh, so we're talking about the insects that are like sticks with wings and heads. And legs too. Jessica got interested in dragonflies when she was growing up, spending her summers on a beautiful lake in northern Ontario. So I got to see a lot of dragonflies because they would often land on the dock or on the canoe or whatever when we were out by the water. And there were all different sizes, shapes and colors. And I always thought, gee, that's weird. That's interesting. I wonder why there's so many different kinds. I've definitely noticed tons of dragonflies out in a pond or a lake. But have you ever noticed what they do with their legs? They'll sometimes land on their legs, but they don't walk with them. Wait, what? I, how? Like they have to walk. They don't. They just land, they stand, and then they fly off. No way. What if they want to take, like, one little baby step? Like, what if they just want to? (laughs) (laughs) They don't want to, because their legs just aren't made for walking. They're made for grocery shopping. Instead, their legs are kind of covered in these spines that they can hold their legs kind of in front of them, and it almost forms like a basket. As the dragonfly flies through the sky, they collect food like other insects in their leg basket. Then they chow down midair. They can just be kind of bringing their food in towards their mouth and eating as they fly using these kind of spines on their legs. I'm sorry, but I want to revise my case closed on team arms and elbows. It seems like you would eat but not walk with arms. So those are six arms. I see your point, but hold on. Let's find out a little bit more about dragonflies before we fly to any conclusions. (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) So like what? What are we going to learn here? Like the fact that they use their legs differently before they become adults. Dragonflies are neat because they have different stages of their life that do different things. So they have a juvenile stage that develops in fresh water. And then there's an adult stage that's terrestrial that flies around. So the juvenile stage means baby dragonflies, right? Yeah, they're also called adorably nymphs. And little dragonflies are swimmers until they're old enough to fly. And so what their femur and tibia and their knee that kind of joins the two of them together, what those things do are slightly different depending on whether they're in fresh water swimming around or whether they're an adult kind of flying around. So it's like they're born being fish and then they realize that they're actually birds. Yeah, insects are awesome because they can be both. And the purpose for their legs change with their environment. They can kind of move them around in the water, but they're not really designed for swimming. A lot of their swimming they actually do with their bum. Wait, what? They, they swim with their bum? Yes. 
dragonflies are kind of using jet propulsion. They use their bum, <laughs> they suck water up into their rectum and then squeeze it out really fast to kind of do fast escapes. I'll chalk that up to the list of skills I wish humans had. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so like they swim with their butts, but what are their arms doing? See, my mind's unchanged. <laughs> Well, remember how the adults have spines on the end of their appendages that they use to eat with? Yeah. So are those spines like fingers? <laughs> Not really. They're actually called seedy. They have lots of what they call seedy or spines on their tarsi or on their tibia. Seedy? That kind of sounds like bug fingers to me. So case closed, their arms. <laughs> Well, dragonflies can't move the CD around like fingers. And unlike adults, their purpose in baby dragonflies was a total mystery. One of Jessica's dragonfly colleagues, a guy named Ken Tennyson, noticed something strange about them. Looking under a regular light microscope, he noticed there was variation in these CD, which almost looked like, in some cases, like a little spine. In some cases, it looked almost like a glove. In some cases, it looked like a bottle brush or a pine cone. So, wait, what, what's a bottle brush and what do they look like? Well, it's a long brush with bristles all the way around the top, not unlike a toilet bowl brush. Right, but probably used to clean bottles and not toilet <laughs> exactly. bowls. Exactly. <laughs> so they had all these different shaped spines on the ends of their legs? Yeah, and no one had any idea what they were used for. Ken had the idea or hypothesis that they might be used for digging. So some juvenile dragonflies, they actually will conceal themselves. So they live in fresh water, but there's lots of predators, including each other. They eat each other, but there's also fish and frogs and all sorts of things that they could fall prey to. Hold on. Dragonflies eat each other? Oh, yeah. They'll eat each other like it's nobody's business. To escape the fact that it's a dragonfly eat dragonfly world out there, they'll... Super tough. <laughs> Super tough. They'll hide themselves under the pond or lake muck in mud. Ken thought their CD might work like little shovels. But the fact that there were so many different shapes made it even more curious. Jessica got very interested, and she happened to have a cooler microscope to use. So I thought, well, I could use this scanning electron microscope that I had. This microscope could take much more detailed pictures of this little piece of dragonfly leg or arm. <laughs> Jessica put all the different specimens under the microscope. We started looking at that, and indeed, wow, there were things that looked like a bottle brush, things, like I said, that looked like a pine cone, things that looked like a glove, things that looked like a trident or a three-pointed spear. So there's lots of dragonfly fashions, and maybe that's just what's in season. <laughs> maybe. One time, Jessica was in Sweden to visit another colleague named Jorgen Sahl. She mentioned her microscope project to him. And he said, wow, I've been working on that, too. Oh, wow, what a coincidence. Yeah, he and his student thought that the dragonfly nymph might use the tarsal CD to clean its eyes instead of digging. So they painted a dragonfly's eyes and let it sit overnight. And then the next morning, the eyes were clean and the tarsal CD were covered with the metallic paint, which gave us a clue that they were actually being used probably more for cleaning. So the paint moved from the eyes to the CD, which means that they use the CD to clean their eyes. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a cool experiment, but 
Again, it sounds like you'd clean yourself with your arms, not your legs. Certainly, I've never cleaned myself <laughs> with my legs. Point taken, but Jessica still wanted to take a closer look at the shape of the CD. Eventually, she built up quite the collection of images, and she was super excited to see patterns emerging in the shapes and the species. She came up with a theory. This is what we think it is. In damselflies, almost all of them have these tarsal CD that they use for cleaning that are shaped like a bottle brush. But when you get to dragonflies, which is a more recently evolved group, what we see are initially something that looks like a bottle brush. Then the next family has something that looks like a pine cone. Jessica started to see that the shapes changed along the timeline of when different dragonfly groups evolved. The most recently evolved group had another shape entirely. They all have instead these glove-shaped CDs. So they either have three, four, or five-fingered gloves that are arranged kind of all over the tibia and tarsus. Wait, she calls them gloves? I mean, come on, you wear gloves on your hands which are on arms and very rarely on feet. <laughs> and arms have elbows. I think this is a point awarded to bug arms and elbows. <laughs> okay, fine. But the real point is the shape of the CD changed over time. So they're like fashion changing over the years, but like many of the years. Yeah, and dragonflies are old. <laughs> Scientists think that they were among the first winged insects to evolve. And those little leg spines tell their story as they branch out or diverge from their common ancestor, that first dragonfly. The groups that we think diverged first have one shape and the ones that are more recently derived have a different shape. That's really cool. Jessica told me that doing this research was kind of the most science experience, working together with other people who had the same curiosity about the same question. Ultimately, our goal is to answer this question that made us curious, to kind of describe the phenomenon that's driving the observations that we made. And so teamwork makes the dream work. And in this case, it was so true. I love a good teamwork makes the dream work kind of story, but... I still think those are arms and elbows. I'm on team arms and elbows. <laughs> well, I guess we can't make our dream work because I'm team bug legs and knees are just what they're called in science. And you can't really change it right now. <laughs> I guess that's fair. But as Jessica said, it does just depend on your perspective. Yeah. And it also matters if you want to have other scientists know what you're talking about. I guess that's the nature of naming bug parts. Someone got to call bug sticky outy things legs before Claire wanted to call them arms. <laughs> right. So if you want to be an insect scientist or entomologist, you can start with making observations on your own just by checking out bug legs. You can challenge yourself, right? So if you do find a dead insect on the ground, look at its legs. And by looking at the shape and size and arrangement of its legs, you'll be able to tell something about what it was using those legs for. Ooh, could we call this a bug leg or arm challenge? We could. Thin legs like a dragonfly might mean that your bug doesn't walk. Thick legs could mean it jumps like a grasshopper. Hard spines on the legs, like a cockroach, means that it digs or burrows. And what if it has just, like, a lot of legs, like a millipede? 
Well, you can come up with your own ideas for mysterious leg parts. And tell us what you find. Are you on team bug legs and knees or team bug arms and elbows? Let us know at tumblepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks today to Dr. Jessica Ware, Associate Curator of Invertebrate Zoology at the American Museum of Natural History. Also thanks to Scott Rohan for setting up our interview, and a very special thanks to Claire for her question. You want to hear more from our interview with Jessica? Check out our bonus interview episode available to patrons who support the show at just $1 a month or more. We'll have free resources of cool bug and dragonfly science at our website, sciencepodcastforkids.com. Sarah Robertson Lentz edited this episode and designed the episode art. Eric Kuhn did the engineering and mixing. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I wrote this show. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I made all the music. Tumble is a production of Tumble Media. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more stories of science discovery. Thanks so much for listening to that episode. And now that it's over, we've got some birthday shout-outs to give to our supporters from Patreon. To John, keep being curious and ready for new adventures. Mom, Dad, Sister, and your whole family love you beyond, beyond. And happy belated birthday on February 16th. Rivers Drum, stay curious, and happy birthday on February 18th. Shout-out to a fierce little she-wolf, Birdie, on her seventh birthday on February 20th. You've had such a positive impact on the world already, and we can't wait to see what's to come. Mom and Dad love you very much. To Adnan Al-Yafi, happy birthday on February 21st. Keep reading and exploring. To our favorite future shark scientist, we love you from Mom and Dad and Alden. And happy birthday on February 23rd. Stella, Mom and Dad love you so much, and happy birthday on February 24th. Christopher and Grace, happy birthday on February 25th. Mom and Dad are proud of you and know you will accomplish your dreams. Coven, Mama and Papa love you and wish you the best as you explore the world, and happy birthday on February 26th. Margot Kim, happy birthday on March 1st. Mom and Dad love you so much. Thanks to all of you and to everyone who supports Tumble on Patreon. If you want to get a birthday shout-out of your own like these fine folks, simply support Tumble on Patreon at the $5 level or higher by going to patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. Once again, that's patreon.com slash tumblepodcast.